Yeah, here. We're fine. used to though bands go out of business that's true bands go out of business mm. wow wow all right you want to start <laughs> here we are welcome to get in the garage everyone what's up what's up here in the basement studio should we start calling it that yeah live from studio basement live from studio <laughs> basement a podcast about garages here we are <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride Month, everybody. It is yes. June. It is the end of Pride Month, but uh, we wanted to do a Pride Month special, so we figured we would talk a little bit about that and its influence in music. Yeah, huge influence in especially American popular music. Yeah. Luke and I were talking yesterday, I mean, just to kind of like get right into it, but yeah. if we're, you know, talking about it, we were talking about heavy, like, Little Richard talk. Yeah, we are like, saying that, like, it's always been, at least, like, in rock and roll, an integral part of rock yeah. and roll and everything that it is. And, like, it's it's almost, you can't separate the two. Like I was saying to Mike yesterday, like, that is who Little Richard is. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like, he's the archetype for all of yeah. that music, all of rock and roll. And, um, you know, it, and I love, like, me and Mike were talking about how, like, even in different genres of music, like, it keeps being, like, the forefront thing that yeah. even pushes the whole genre. Like, even heavy metal, like, with Judas Priest and Rob Halford and, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, the leather scene. Yep. That's all heavy metal is now, and it's yep. basically that all archetype. And, you know, I love that. I think it's amazing and, you yeah. know, I mean, a beautiful part of it. Yeah, so this is going to be, like, an open discussion we're just gonna go off the cuff and talk about a bunch of things and just kind of celebrate uh lgbtqia plus uh the rainbow community in this conversation uh we you know we're gonna try not to say offensive things but you know sometimes people make mistakes <laughs> sometimes people make mistakes and we misstep but we're all allies and three you know, straight white dudes talk about gay rights go yeah, and like you know i'm a member of the community and so i'll you know not that that gives you the catch-all to say whatever you want but just to let everybody know out there we're all yeah uh, you know love is love and do your thing and yeah 100 percent. who you're fucking behind closed doors or or out in the streets like we give a shit about. <laughs> like <laughs> um so we're just going to you know, talk about things that we love about the cross-section between um, the gay community at large, queer community, and uh, pop music in America. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's, for sure. Let's, talk, let's start with Lil Richard. So that's in the 50s. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was a hairdresser who spent... I mean, did he ever come out? Because he was, he was in a I time where he didn't I'm really do I'm not sure. It, but I he don't didn't think, need no, to do he, it, maybe. He never did it. Yeah. It was never, like, a public thing. Yeah. But, like... But it was very clear where he he was part of that community. Yeah. So and I think he said it in so many ways yeah. as well. Um also just being who he was. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know. Like I, Yeah. Oh. Also he had that like Liberace thing going on, oh, but right, it wasn't yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It was like it was he like looked good mm-hmm. in like a way that like nobody had like looked good like yeah. that. you know what I mean and like makeup too one of the first rock and rollers yeah. to like put some makeup on makeup really looked and like good. head head kerchiefs and yeah like frilly shirts and kind of doing the uh, androgynous very feminine dressing and yeah. like flamboyant and 
can I like also make the point too? Like, wh- you know what I mean? I was kind of saying this to Mike yesterday. Like, um, little Rich, like you didn't one, little Richard was black, and two, mm. he was you know whatever he was. Yeah, and so in that time too, right? Like, you couldn't be yourself anywhere in America. So, like, literally, like, what was little Richard to do other than what he did? Like, there was no other option to be yourself. And when he was on that stage, he got to be himself and got to, like, say the things he wanted to say. And, like, you know, um, like, and that to me is, like, so poignant and beautiful. And, like, Mm -hmm. because it's, like, well, you guys in the reality of America, I can't be me. But the reality of the stage is anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to live out that there. And then I'm going to make you all buy tickets to – to come and see it because you can't have that in your regular life. Mm. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah, sense what I just said? It does. And and I think especially like the um the fact that music like we can especially the three of us, we can smell manufactured bullshit from mm-hmm. a mile away when it yeah. comes to music. So the music that connects with the most people is the most authentic, truthful, honest, laid bare music. So little Richard doing his screaming and yelling and singing nonsense words and you know winking at the audience with a big grin and like dressing how he wants to dress and acting like he wants to dress uh, acting like he wants to act i think really uh made him an icon because he it's not like he did it to sell more records it's like that's the only place he felt comfortable and he was celebrated for it like i remember watching him on sesame street when i was oh kid, yeah with the bubbles rubber, rubber, yeah, rubber like, ducky rubber ducky and i mean little richard let's just say on a side note, kind of a very in- almost intimidatingly like himself kind of dude with yeah. his wide eyes and like staring you down through the television screen. Yeah. Um, but I just remember just being like so uh, just it just like captured me so much because you, you can't fake yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, and Luke and I were talking about it yesterday in the way that's just like. It's funny how you look at a guy like Little Richard and then, you know, a couple of the other artists that I'm sure we'll talk about today. And it's what's fun, not funny, but like the the interesting thing about it is, is that they themselves become the activism. They themselves mm-hmm. become the statement. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? It's not it's not really like in Little Richard's case. It's not like he was like going out there and being like, this is going to do a lot for gay rights. Yeah. He went out there and he was just the person that he was and he then becomes the statement. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a vi- everything it's a, about him. It's a visibility thing. Right. Because Little Richard paves the way for people like Prince. Right. Right, know, right. And other artists who embrace more of a feminine type of stage persona and just life persona and lifestyle. Um, people who were just uh, unafraid to be themselves. Right, right. So you look at Nelton John, you look at Freddie Mercury. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, like, also, I was thinking, too, about, like, all of this in this conversation mm. and how, like, I mean, I love and, like, everybody else probably does, a ton of people do love, like, RuPaul. Yeah. And then, like, I look at somebody like RuPaul and I'm like, oh, man, that's, like, the continuation of, like, Little Richard. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In a compl- in a different way, but it's I see it like, you know what I mean? Just pushing your personality yeah. and just relentlessly. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, not only RuPaul is doing something musical where she, you know, is making like anthems yeah. that are popular and you know what I mean? And yeah. really helping to rise up all the all those like artists that want to make music like that too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think the the thing I love about it too is that um, it's fun. You know what I mean? Like right. the music is so much fun and so full of life and energy mm-hmm. and authenticity and mm-hmm. everything. So I think that even coming from a perspective like mine, which is like I'm just this dude that kind of like lives in the middle of you know white America in this little yeah. tiny like kind of sheltered sort of corner, you know, it kind of it inspires one to kind of be themselves unapologetically and and openly and just be like yeah this is just who i am and i think that's the bigger the bigger net that's cast with this kind of music is that like it's not necessarily about sexual preferences and, and so on as much as it's just like no man like everybody is their own person and everybody should be celebrated from the from the through the lens of just kind of like being loving and accepting and just like you know, like everybody just kind of getting along and loving each other for who we are rather than, you know, kind of letting ourselves be ruled by these sort of like power structures that were put in place by, you know, for hundreds of years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So we're going to go randomly. Um, can I bring up someone? Do you guys know about Wendy Carlos? No. So Wendy Carlos is like. As far as I know, like the first popular trans artist, uh, she put out the Switched On Bach album. She was uh, one of the people who helped develop the Moog synthesizer. I do know who you're talking and about. Oh, so she okay. did. Yeah, the, yeah. So she did like that very synthesized Bach music from like uh, a Clockwork Orange soundtrack. She did the Shining soundtrack, and her story is very interesting because. She helped Robert Moog, Robert Moog um, with like new additions to the Moog synthesizer. Like she's the one who suggested instead of just having the bank of dials to make sounds, to actually have like a physical keyboard to use as well, which seems kind of like an obvious thing. But she's the one who suggested that when she was, at, I believe, in college still, and she had success with Switched On Bach. It would it became a huge class I think a classical number one and it like kind of changed music in that time. This was probably I think nineteen sixty eight, and in the months leading up to that album being released, she was uh, figuring out her own gender identity, and she was started to see psychiatrists and psychologists and physical doctors to begin transition to female identity, and then her album like started to sell, and. It was still under her birth name, Walter Carlos. So, like, during this year, two years of her great success, it was Walter Carlos, Walter Carlos, Walter Carlos. So she had to do interviews wherein, like, she had already started hormone replacement therapy, and she did interviews, like, with pasted-on sideburns and mustaches and, like, men's clothes and stuff to keep up that appearance because the world wasn't ready to accept. Yeah, because what year was that? 68. 68, yeah. And she was, like, mid-20s, late-20s. And so you can look up videos, and it's her talking about the Moog synthesizer and how she used it to make Switch on Bach. And knowing the backstory, you can look at her, and you can see, like, oh, yeah, she's, like, wearing the costume of a man. Yeah. This is all, like, a it's, like, a wig, and, like, it's pretty uh, jarring. But she had to do it to pass and to kind of get the acclaim during that time from the record sale. And so when she did the... uh, the Shining soundtrack, I'm sorry, the Clockwork Orange soundtrack, she's credited as Walter Carlos because she had been in her personal life transitioning, but she hadn't publicly done it yet. So even like Stanley Kubrick wasn't aware of these things possibly. Or maybe she's the one who told him 
credit me as Walter because, you know, I don't want that to ruin your movie. I don't right. want that to take away from the mu- movie. But then if you watch The Shining, which came out like nine years later, 1980, she's credited as Wendy Carlos. Hmm. And even she only came out publicly as trans in the lead up to that movie. I think knowing that she was going to be credited at the end credits as well as Wendy Carlos. Yeah. So it's kind of it's crazy because you think about like how it's so different. 2021, um, you know, Fox News is going to get all over about like it's all about gender and identity. It's like but that's like what people wake up and go to bed with every day. So it's really important yeah. to feel comfortable in your own skin. And this is someone who was hugely talked about and was like a big uh, icon in in electronic and classical music for a full decade. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Living switch, a private life. That Switch on Bach album was like revolutionary to yeah. like the Beatles and right. all those artists as well. Because, I mean, you see the move on Abbey Road after and yep. everybody's records afterwards. But that that's what everybody listened to to get the sound. So very – I never knew that backstory. But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you and, but and, I also knew the significance of that album, which yeah. is crazy. And we say 1968. We think that was a lifetime ago. I think Wendy Carlos is like 81 years old. Yeah. Right. She's still around doing her thing. Um, yeah, so that was someone, when we were talking about wanting to do this Pride Month episode, I'm just like, oh, we got to talk about Wendy Carlos because, like, that was f- how long? <laughs> 1968 was 53 years ago. Yeah. And a full decade of privately living with her identity as a woman, but still publicly having to do interviews as a man. And yeah, it's pretty crazy but but also great that in 1979 1980 she was wendy carlos and she's doing interviews at when as wendy carlos in 1980 which is like i mean it's only 12 years later it takes courage you know but think about how long ago 1980 was and how like we as at large have been talking about accepting of trans people pretty much maybe the last decade more accurately, probably the last five fucking years. Yeah. And this is someone who came out and has lived their truth and lived their life and been themselves that long ago. So, yeah. icon. You can't you can't stream Switch on Bach. It's nowhere. At least no? it's not Spotify, so I doubt it's anywhere else. You can definitely find it for like a dollar at any record yeah. store. It's, <laughs> like it's, in the dollar it, bin, that's It's for incredible. Sure. If you've seen A Clockwork Orange, there's a lot of the excerpts from that album that are used in that soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just and, oh, the icon. Shining soundtrack is one of the scariest soundtracks <laughs> of all time. Yeah, oh, especially like the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think Wendy Carlos, I think she, you know, she's local-ish. I th- I believe she was born in Rhode Island. I think she went to RISD for college and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing it because I did yeah, not man. know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Love it. Can I mention someone? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mina Caputo, formerly known as Keith Caputo, the lead singer of the band Life of Agony. I don't know oh. if you guys are switched on to Life of Agony. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, River Runs Red. River now. Runs Red. I mean, that album, dude, okay. you got to listen to it. It's absolutely incredible. So it's, it's like metalcore? Uh, no, no, no. It's actually, it's heavy metal, um, okay. but it's it's heavy metal more in the- I'd say it's melodic metal. It's melodic, but it's it's definitely more in the typo negative camp than it is sort of like the you know Metallica camp, if you want to say that. But um, it's like that heavy sort of sludgy kind of thing. Um, and post hardcore, ish, ish. But it's uh, the first. I mean, the the first album. It's, I would say it's more of like a black goth doom metal with like streaks of like. Well, it's nineteen. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> it's nineteen nineteen ninety three is when it came out. So let's see. It's hardcore alternative metal. So there you go. 
post hardcore. Post alternative post, metal post, groove post, metal. Post post hardcore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, born Keith Caputo and then transitioned to Mina Caputo and in 2011, I think she transitioned and uh, it's it's another one where like you know you're looking at the you know like let's be real heavy metal music is is sort of like hyper masculine even though like we were talking about this last night to where and a little bit just now like where like you look at like somebody like rob halford who influenced sort of like the fashion choices in heavy metal which w- were outfits that he bought at like uh you know a little back alley like s&m store in, in the uk yeah culture. it's like the leather culture yeah, yeah it's like as i like to say you know it's a joke so please take it for what it is there is nothing more masculine than fucking another guy. Let's be, I'm going to be fucking, I've been very real with you. Like anybody who's like, these are sissies. I'm going to be very real with you. Let's, you know, those sissies can bench like 450 <laughs> like, pounds, baby. Those motherfuckers are serious. For real. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's like what me and Mike were saying. Like, it, and it's like people who kind of, you know, some people might get, be like, what? But if you really think about it, that whole subgenre of music, even to like the Zeppelins of the world, mm. is is very outwardly like gay. Fluid. Facing, yeah, yeah, if you right. if yeah. you look at the like the manner, like everything around it, the art of it is all of that, and like having somebody come out of like in in now times, you're like, oh yeah, does this person it makes much more sense? Does this person still perform with Life of Life of Agony? Yes, and oh, performs cool. as Mina as That's well. Awesome. Yeah. Which is interesting, cause, cause yeah, cause you listen to Life of Agony, and the way they sing is oh, kind of like this, yeah. you know, and it's just like it is sort, it feels like sort of hyper masculine. But it was, it's cool, cause like I read like a little excerpt from an interview that she gave, and she's like, it was, it's so like liberating to like yeah. not have to feel like I have to keep up this sort of like big humdrum masculine sort of thing where it's like because that's not really you know just because i sing like that in other words doesn't mean that that like that means that i'm just like this this big beer drinking metal guy you know what i mean it's that like and it just goes to show you man that like you know everyone's different yeah on this on a similar topic do you guys know um laura jane grace yeah from against me against me so that's another one where in the kind of punk scene Certain things may not be openly accepted, but yeah. she uh, is a trans singer, front person of that band. And I remember listening to their album. It was huge. It was uh, it has like a panther on the cover. Um, and it came out when I was in college. I love the album. I think it's called... Uh, uh, Luke's going to Google I know us. what it is. It's... Yeah. Anyway, the la- so the last, the last track on the album, I think it's called The Ocean... And there's a verse on it where she sings, like, literally, the lyrics are like, if I were a bor- born a woman, my mother would have named me Laura. And she talks about how the the trials and tribulations women face and how women are so much stronger than men, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the album is called New Wave. You're right. That was That's a song in the album, too. Incredible. I, I don't like pop. I don't like poppy-ish punk music. And I don't really listen to punk music in general. I would say that's my favorite punk umbrellaed album of yeah. the last fucking 20 years it's a great album anyway so she has this song it's on the end of the album the label i think is their first like major label release they didn't want to include it because they're like you're gonna alienate your fans like they're not gonna understand this like i know you might be speaking metaphorically but like people are gonna hate you they're gonna like not buy the album because of it and she fought to have it on the album and then a handful of years later she 
came to terms with herself and struggling with body dysmorphia her whole life and told her bandmates that she was going to transition and um, get, you know, gender confirmation surgery or whatever she ended up doing. I think, you know, whatever people do is their business, but uh, didn't leave the band and the band in a way got even stronger because, you know, people see punk music is such that and same as metal music. It's like all about empowerment and, you know, kind of like giving it to the man and all that kind of stuff. And she has become like a big person who I think may have helped a lot of people in that community feel more comfortable with themselves to live their life. And great, great singer, great front person. Um, and yeah, it was just very interesting because that happened like a decade ago. And yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too because in that community, uh, like it's like the more open you are in the punk community, it's the the better it is. And I feel like a lot of times – um you know people feel like it's kind of closed in because you kind of do have a uniform that you might wear and all that good stuff but like when when she did that it was like a lot of people in the audience felt that way already and then we're like oh my gosh thank you thank you for for being that you're right the band got even bigger after that because what is more like the best thing about punk is it's your you said authentic and what's more authentic than really being yourself and really saying how you feel you know what I mean? And yeah. that was such a beautiful, poignant statement. And what, like, a great, you know what I mean? It's so brave to be that kind of yeah. artist because it's so easy just to be like, I'm going to save that for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to be able to be like, I want to relate and that, you mm. know what I mean? Well, and, and like the woman that Mike talked about, metal and punk music, it's for outsiders. Absolutely. It's for people who may be labeled as weird or outcasts or, like, maybe don't have friends that or aren't popular you know like all those stereotypes of things so you know i think a lot of people struggle with their own self-identity and listen to that kind of music as an outlet and for more people to be um yeah as honest as they can be and live their life and all that the better because there's like i said like especially metal and punk music if it's like cookie cutter generic bullshit and it has no actual feeling and no truth behind it it's so easy to tell right right and um yeah so i i like all those people trans icons that as someone who doesn't i mean i can't personally identify with feeling that way about one's body so i can't imagine what that's like yeah it mu- and, it's me either and like and especially these are people we're talking about who struggled with body image and gender identity stuff for 40 years right before maybe before the time came in the world for them to feel like well i won't be outcast because of feeling this way right and even for like someone like me you know what i mean i like you know what i mean i find it good to hear those kind of stories because it helps me under helps somebody like me understand helps me relate to you yeah helps me see who you are and your honesty is like just helping us to communicate more and be more, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's like, not everybody has to do that, but for the people that do, I really appreciate it. Cause I, I see the benefit on all, all rounds for all sides of people, you know? Yeah. Personally. And then I can see how other people get a lot out of it as well. Yeah. Like the world is only a better place if everyone else is like happier. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what makes the world a miserable place is when yeah. people are feeling miserable. They wake up every day and they're like, I'm miserable. I'm going to lash out. Other people make them miserable. Hurt people, people are just hurt allowed people. to. Yeah, if peop- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hurt um, people hurt people. 
can I bring somebody up here that I want to talk about? Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about like Joan Jett because okay. I think Joan Jett for being who she was was a total like w- I mean total personality change for uh like a woman in that in the rock context. Um, and like I just love like this is what I really love about Joan Jett is she could say a lot in another way without saying a lot. Um, just her singing Crimson and Clover and not changing the lyric, uh, I think I could love her. You know, she sings it in the same uh, perspective, which was so groundbreaking for the time because it's like, hey, if you're cool, you're going to know what I'm saying here, and this is for every one of those people like me, and she didn't have to overt, and I just loved that so much. Um, and, like, Joan Jett was, is somebody I look at who – like, I just love her style, you know what I mean? And how she was like, you know, I don't need to wear a dress. I don't need to do that. That's not me. I like jeans. I like T-shirts. I like my leather jacket. Yeah. I like girls. And yeah. um, that for in her song choices all the time where she would 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 do the, um, you know, the lesbian narrative without it being obvious because she did a lot of older rock and roll standards and people were just like oh that's Joan Jett she rocks and it's like yeah that's Joan Jett she rocks but she's also she never you know she never turns the perspective I mean, she wouldn't like I love rock and roll but it's Crimson and Clover it's that kind of stuff where you're like oh you start to maybe understand a little more you know yeah she doesn't change the lyrics to, to like in other words if she's playing a rock and roll song that's about a girl she keeps she sings it as it's part it's about a girl rather than like because sometimes you'd see that right in music where like the 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 gender identity of the narrator would flip to uh, to you know depending on who's singing it kind of thing but where with her she wouldn't do that she wouldn't make the songs about a boy she would keep the songs about a girl yeah and i just you know and even for like an early punk rock movement to you know also like bring that into the picture and be like no we're, i'm not doing that this is what i am and like not you know changing to that i love that so much and it's so rock and roll Absolutely. Well, Joan Jett loves rock and roll. Let's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put another coin in the jukebox. <laughs> like, let's even just talk about like the the glam movement and how you have like Bowie singing "Rebel Rebel," um, yeah. and you have um, "Walk on the Wild Side," like a you know top ten hit. Mm-hmm. You know, explicitly explicitly mentioning real people who are Lola. Get, yeah, uh, Lola by the Kinks. Um, you know, that one's a bit more you know gets a little saucier, but. Um, but those are the times. Yeah, those are the yeah. times. But you even, you know, just to even mention these people and like mm-hmm. how there was a whole art scene of that happening, you know, and it just has keep kept rolling this whole time. And yeah, and well, I think too and, that like a lot of the a lot of like these sort of like homophobic views come from ignorance because it's like you get these people who like live in the middle of nowhere who have never had experience with anybody of the community and. They don't, they don't, they fear what they don't understand, but then you're like, man, Elton John rocks. Well, are you saying and that? Then it cre- it, it, you know what I mean? It creates sort of this bridge of being kind of like, arts oh. and culture can help change the mind? Oh, well, yeah. Because, like, honestly, like, let's get, like, really crazy, like, not, like, really crazy, but a little, a, little, a little out there is to say that, I mean, this is my opinion, but I think even this is unpopular on podcasts, but a lot of words don't accurately convey feeling in the way that you really want them to and to be heard. 
And the great thing about a painting or music, and a lot of the time, it you get the feeling conveyed to you without having to say anything, because mm-hmm. the lyrics might not even really say what is the song is conveying anyway. Um, and I think that, um, like even like Mike said earlier, it's sometimes this kind of thing is the best statement of pure love is because it's not getting cluttered with all that stuff the message is clear it's you can see it you're in a piece of art yeah and i think that's like one of the you know yeah well because i think art can transcend a lot of the bullshit yeah you know and it's just like let's get down to brass tacks here like let's get down to the point of it all instead of just this you know yeah so clouded with you know we highlighted some people did anybody have anybody else they wanted to super highlight sure like does um, uh, Jeff, you have some? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned them by name, but you know, you have that whole wave of '70s artists: David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, Elton John, whose sexuality was fluid and unknown, but you know, people could kind of make their guess about certain things. And it was a time when it wasn't really, it wasn't accepted to be out. And so a lot of these artists weren't blatantly out or they would be tongue in cheek, like talk about different things and nobody could really understand where they actually stood. Like, I, I hate that that's people's like, I got to know. I got to know mm. who, who you're sleeping right. with. It's like, who cares? Um, but you have those artists in particular, David Bowie, Freddie Mercury and Elton John, who like pretty much were the biggest artists of that entire decade of the 70s and into the mid 80s. And they gave way to a lot of our other artists and just genres of music like glam rock and then into hair metal where you have a lot of um, gender fluidity and a lot of like boys with long hair and makeup and like heels. You know, you have kiss and things like that. Yeah. And so I think sex and gender identity and music have always been so entangled because that's like a concert is supposed to be the most free place where you can un, you know, unload and unleash and be yourself fully. And um, when you have artists on stage and on record who are um, just like being uh, people to look up to, yeah. like in, in that way of being free to be yourself, I think it's very important. And, and uh, yeah, like those people's impact can't, it can't even be uh yeah like that that whole 70s that glam movement had so much going for it like Mm -hmm. born out of like the whole velvet underground and all that coming and like too like what like what do you think about like a movie like rocky horror like that that came out in 77 Mm -hmm. but the play had been running since like the earlier 70s and i think that whole coexists with that too because that's a Mm -hmm. rock and roll movement too you know those are all rock tunes and yeah yeah, so there's always been um, LGBT plus people who have always pretty much been at the forefront of music. Yeah, I think that if anything from our conversation today, like yeah. we talked about like literally from the inception of like rock and roll mm-hmm. and popular music in the 50s, it's literally been there the whole time and mm-hmm. one of the active drivers and changers of of the styles and yeah. you know fads and you know, it, it can't be said enough. I think. I think it, it really is an integral part of the art. And I think, yeah, one of I the mean, parts I love the most about it. Not, not, not to get 
not to, I guess to to reach too far out there, but I mean, you even look back at like a Mozart man who was, oh yeah, you know what I mean. He was kind of like sexually kind of like doing things that all the people probably weren't about. You know what I mean? He was he was getting a little freaky. He was like kind of doing his thing too. So like, you know, and obviously it's Mozart man, like fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, but that you know, it, it's there's like you said, Luke. There's always sort of been this kind of tie between like the arts and uh the arts being like the vehicle to kind of this sort of uh this liberation of 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 people being like yourself be yourself yeah right right for sure you know and i'm I'm just glad that because it's always been there in music but the times they are a changing and it's good that now People are free to be themselves more openly yeah. and be, you know, gay or bi or pansexual or gender fluid or gender nonconforming or non-binary or trans. And they're accepted, not only accepted, but celebrated for it because there is a large community out there that day by day by day is getting stronger and their voice is getting louder and people are able to be themselves more fully. So there's a lot of current artists that it's like, would these people really have been embraced many years ago? Like people like Lil Nas X, a young black guy who is very openly gay, but like kind of hit and then was able to announce that he was gay because maybe people are still worried about being accepted or Frank Ocean who put out a song on his first album. That is one of those songs, like talk about a loving of a guy and then people ask questions and he kind of was, you know, didn't want to be make that about his whole thing is like I'm a gay icon, but he's very much like has embraced it and is himself. You have Tegan and Sarah, yep, who are both openly lesbian and have been for many years and in the pop punk kind of scene. You have Janelle Monet, who is in the R and B world, who is kind of in that thing that Prince kind of thing of like my gender identity changes day to day, and I love who I love, and like it's nobody's business really. Or Saint Saint Vincent, who is, you know, queer or lesbian or bi or I don't really know, but you know, has dated women and Sam Smith, who's gender non-binary, and Demi Lovato, who's gender non-binary, and you know, it's just it's nice that people can be themselves, and only like the Fox News crowd gets fucking mad about it because they're always gonna be mad about it. I don't know. Before we end this podcast, I would like to just state. In one genre of music right now that mm. I feel, and you reminded me, that it is we still need a little bit of like work to go in this community, mm. is like the country music community. Um, <laughs> well, but let me, let me state yeah. that Dolly Parton has been one of the best people in this field mm. and has been saying um, messages to the, the rainbow community that have been yeah. positive, code of many colors. For constant for years, and yeah. has not been a hateful person. And who's a who's a white woman who's been married to a man for fifty five years, but still is like, if I, we all are just able to be ourselves, it's a better world. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, country music, I think as a whole, mm. um, could really use like um, some, yeah, some accepting, like especially country radio, because country radio is very popular still. It's still like what that format. Everyone like, I don't listen to radio. People that listen to country music, yeah. they listen to the radio. And um, I just feel like uh, 
country music is borrowing now from hip-hop and every other mm -hmm. genre of oh, music yeah. and it might be do itself a little bit of a favor to be more inclusive to artists like that yeah there is one country artist who is gay who i um is on my you know short list of people now orville peck yep who's oh, a gay man who wears like a leather that, yeah. mask with a like bearded it's like a crazy like luchador style yeah. mask thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah um who's an awesome artist who's like huge name in the like music critics magazines if that's a th i only read online magazines so i don't know <laughs> if they print magazines anymore but you know who's like a big name of that i don't know how much mainstream radio success yeah, he has see, or anything like that it's a bit that there's a disconnect right. between the artists that are and making country music that are yeah. of that community and then the commercialism of those artists and I, I think they're they're still he's a he's a fantastic country artist. Yeah, I'm sure there are tons that yeah. I probably even listen to and know, but just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I just think you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're getting there. Um, yeah, we thought it would never happen for rap and hip hop music. because yeah. for a long where we time, are now. Yeah, yeah, a long time, every record was homophobic and misogynistic and all that stuff. And now there's a lot of people. From I think it's I think it's hip hop music and R and B music fully crossing and becoming one that has made that possible because now it's like you're not effeminate if you are a rapper who's also sings kind of right. thing. So it's like now people are a little bit more fluid and uh open. Um yeah, there's still a lot of work to do, but as we see, you know, Everybody knows some of these people we've talked about and um, yeah, like ta talent and all that is undeniable. So no matter who you are, no matter where you stand, no matter how you identify or no matter who you sleep with or whatever, it's like if you make music and it's truthful and it's powerful and it's good, people are going to like it. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's good, it's good, man. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you wanted to talk, if we want to rap, um, some favorite anthems of the rainbow yeah so because well, yes can, can we take a break and come oh, yeah, back let's take with a break that? yeah and let's come, come back, back with, with it. it okay all right so we'll be right back you thank you <laughs> let me ask you guys something whatever happened to predictability there must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sid, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sid with Silas P. Welcome back. The honorary train whistle, post-break train whistle has been blown. We are going to... This show is off the rail. <laughs> what? So, uh, welcome back. We hope uh, you enjoyed our ads. So, we thought we would come back with the last half of the... Or the last quarter of the uh, the podcast with some of our, like, pride anthems. Sure. We were talking about a couple of songs before we started recording again. Uh, Jeff, you want to lead us off and uh, hit us with the first yeah, hit? Yeah, man. Okay. Um, this is like one of my favorite songs of all time. So not only is it a huge pride anthem, um, it's just a killer song. It was a huge mainstream song. 
And that's uh, Freedom 90 by George Michael. Oh. Uh, which is freedom. Da, 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 freedom. So it's a huge anthem. It's like iconic music video because George Michael doesn't appear in the video. It's all these supermodels dancing and mouthing the words. Um, it's a song about accepting yourself and being who you want to be. And it doesn't matter how you dress or how you act, um, that everyone deserves love. And it was made by George Michael, who was one of those people who like came of age in the late eighties and mid up to mid nineties, which is like the, one of the most toxic tabloid periods in human history. And then beginning of the internet age in the late nineties, he was someone who, didn't really come out until he was already a mega star. And even when he came out, then it was like people just hounding him and like taking paparazzi pictures. And he got into some legal trouble, I believe. I think he didn't, he try to like pick up a cop in a restroom uh, and got arrested for that. And I shit think, like that. uh, I think he was kind of framed hardcore. And I think yeah. everybody that, well, yeah, I know involved right, in that right. should be very ashamed. Right. But that's what I mean. It was like yeah. all this entrapment stuff and, it was basically to catch a gay celebrity like doing wrong, even though they're just being themselves. And I love that song and full empowerment. I would also just like to speak to George Michael because his name is actually oh. Georgios Kiriakos the Panayotu. Superstar. So yeah. just would like to just throw that out <laughs> there. I I fucking love George Michael. Yeah. He is a Greek man, and yeah, uh, yeah hell yeah. I, Fuck yeah, George Michael. And this song, like, <laughs> he's up there with John Stamos. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. like one of our guys. Yeah. You know, he's like one of the. You know, if, if we have to give you a Greek, here you go. Have a here. This is a good Greek right here, George and, Michael. And man. he's pretty Greek, Greek, because I think it was like his parents went to England. Yeah, from, Papadopoulos style. Yeah, from well, like, yeah, that's that. Okay, Panagiotou yeah. <laughs> was his last name, but okay. Um, so yeah, just a great. We're not all Papadopoulos. Yeah, just a great song, um, <laughs> and just like. It's an undeniable song. It's a killer. It's a huge. I play it every chance I can get. Oh yeah, and not for nothing. I I don't know if we've mentioned him on the podcast before, but like my cousin Eddie, who mm. uh, is now living in Greece. Uh, I mean, I remember he used to have like this cool. Uh, I think it was a 1984 Porsche, and uh, oh. I definitely remember going for rides. Uh, you know, in the Porsche with him, and uh, you know, we play a little George Michael, play a little Wham, something like that. You know mm. what I mean? And it was just like. Yeah, man. I mean, he was a huge pop star. Yeah. You know, regardless of his sexual orientation and all that yeah. stuff, like he was a huge pop star and a good yeah, like, songwriter. Like late 80s, right beginning of 90s, it was basically Michael Jackson, George Michael and Prince. Right. Who, if you think about it, right. all three people in various ways were huge icons for the gay community at large. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I love that song. Oh, yeah. Great song choice. Uh. I'm gonna throw out. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go real old school with. It. I'm just gonna go out with the YMCA. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, if you go to the YMCA, you can get yourself laid, mm -hmm. uh, which is you know good knowledge to know. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. R.I.P. to the Norwich YMCA, which closed <laughs> yeah, down a number fuck? of years ago. Yeah. No, I like that song <laughs> because they're like, listen, they're like, here's where you go. Here's how, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. You're gonna get some. Yeah. 
And I just like it. I like the whole vibe of the song, man. Yeah. Cheap well, lodging. The village people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. It's played at every fucking basketball, football, baseball Wedding. game yeah. in human history. Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love watching like old grandmas being like, you can get yourself late. And I'm like, yeah, granny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would go so far as to say, YMCA may be one of like the top 10 most played songs in human history. <laughs> yeah. I just love it. Oh, like, wait. Before we move on, who's your favorite, uh, who's your favorite member? The one of of uh, the village people, oh. the policeman. Yeah, the policeman. He's the oh one who. God. I'm construction worker. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Who's the one who actually sang this stuff? I think it was the. I think the policeman guy was the actual. The Native sang, American. Who just danced? Who was really like a Mexican guy? <laughs> in yeah. an Italian man. He's like, I just keep getting typecast as a Native American. Yeah. I'm from Sicily, goddamn it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, great song. Yep. Yeah, love it. Great, great song. Um. Let me go with, uh, oh man, there's some good tunes that I have to pick from, but uh, I'm going to go with Shaka Khan with I'm Every Woman. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's definitely like a, as a, as an anthem too, like for like a drag show, you yeah. know, that's a song that's definitely played mm-hmm. at a drag show. Uh, yeah. d- definitely check out uh, her appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, it was pretty good. Oh, oh, Shaka, I didn't know that. Shaka Khan was on there. Yeah. Luke's a big, uh, a I'm big, a huge RuPaul fan. RuPaul fan, yeah. I've and, I've only seen like one episode of that. Oh show. my god! Well, see, like when we were putting together this episode, this is like the like the, <laughs> the research you did. You watched three yes. seasons of RuPaul's uh, Drag Race. No, because like I started watching it with my girl like probably a couple yeah. years ago. And it made me realize there was a whole genre of like music that I didn't know was a thing, mm. which was gay anthems. And like you kind of know that they are gay anthems, but at the same time, like there's this whole like um, scene around it, like of of lip syncing. And I thought it was so mm. beautiful and wonderful how they honored all these songs from different time periods, and they all got represented under the same umbrella. So, you know, yeah. I I dug it. I love it. Um, someone I'll say. Uh, another one who's just an icon in the gay community, Cher, with her anthem "Believe." Yeah, man, uh, that was the one I was gonna um, say next if you can call it. Which is just, you know, it's a throwback to that disco era where it was everybody just accepting of each other in the nightclub lifestyle, and it became a huge hit in the late '90s. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just an empowerment song, and so you hear that one at a lot of at a lot of gay clubs and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, when I shouted out before we were on mic, true colors. Oh yeah, and that's why I love you, mm-hmm. C- Cindy Lauper. You know, yeah. before she had psoriasis, she was she was shouting it out. Oh, she, well, good. Cindy Lauper got psoriasis. I only said this on because <laughs> the la- I was on the Rank Bank podcast on Race- Wasted Robot Network, and uh, we had a conversation about how she has psoriasis. Now I didn't know she was a spokesperson. Oh, so. It Whoa. must be pretty bad, unfortunately. She's a spokesperson. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, I yeah. still haven't seen the commercial. I just know that she she's uh, she's repping it. So shout out to Cindy Lauper. Yeah, out, huge success. She was uh wrote the music for Kinky Boots, the b- big Broadway musical that was a huge thing. Won a bunch of Tonys a couple years ago. Oh, I did With not. Billy know this. Billy Preston, who is a huge gay icon, as the lead. Yeah. Oh. If you want to talk about a nasty singer, we're going out inside. Wait, not not no no not Billy Preston. Nope. Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus? Billy Porter. Sorry, <laughs> Billy Porter. Not, I feel not like Billy those Preston. are very two different people, seeing that I don't Billy know who Porter. the other one is. <laughs> Let me make sure I have the name right. I think uh, it's Billy Porter. While we're on the Cindy Are we going to have to delete another segment like we did <laughs> for the last <laughs> half? Jeff's off the rail. Billy Porter. <laughs> off the rails with Jeff May. 
Uh, <laughs> while we're still on the subject of uh, Cindy Lauper, shout out to her uh, Starry Night Van Gogh shoes mm-hmm. on the back cover for first album. Oh, so the, re- the reason why I said Kinky Boots because Kinky Boots is a is a musical where one of the main characters is a drag star. Ah, yeah. okay. Gotcha, and so gotcha. her doing the music for her, you know, full I get circle. you. I get you. Right on. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sister Sledge. No, yeah. We are family. Great. Love that song. Great yep. song. Another like drag anthem, I think. Yeah. Uh ends the movie Birdcage, as we were also talking about. Yes. Classic, classic. Watch Birdcage if you haven't seen it. It's an amazing film. Classic. Uh did we talk about Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out yet? Let's do it, man. We uh, have not yet. Uh, that's a song I like. Um mm-hmm. I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. Song. Um, it's so positive and I don't even like view it personally that way, but mm-hmm. I mean I what uh could there be a more on the nose song? Mm-hmm. And uh, now Rogers, the songwriter, mm-hmm. said it was about you know coming out of the closet and you know being who you were on the dance floors at Studio Fifty Four and all those great mm-hmm. New York clubs back in the day. Um, so that's a song I want to shout out. Also, some of the greatest drum fills in yeah. the beginning. Another modern, a modern one, more modern. Um, Lady Gaga's song "Born This Way." Yep. Um, right. Lady Gaga famously for the first couple years of her career was like smeared by tabloids about like is she a trans person is she a drag queen is she a man and it's like no just because I Lady Gaga yeah just I'm Lady Gaga I'm I'm a singular thing and just because I'm accepted by that community doesn't mean I'm any one such thing but I love everybody everybody should be free to love themselves also on rupaul's drag race oh great episode again that's a big get (laughs) lady gaga's a big get well that that episode was so cool because they all i think they all did drag as um different lady Lady gaga yeah it was so cool man it was like that was one of my favorite episodes someone wear the meat dress no unfortunately (laughs) you remember the meat dress that's my favorite gaga style was the meat dress i also enjoy uh kermit the frog uh, oh yeah yeah I liked when she came to a thing into like an alien egg, like Spinal <laughs> Tap. <laughs> I love her dress, like outfits so much. Yeah, so so great. Luca, um, you got another one? I don't know. I I the, I came. That was like the ones I came prepared with. I could probably think of more on this if when I'm on the spot now. What about relax? That's Frankie, Frankie goes, goes to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie yeah. says relax. I feel like that's an anthem for every every man. Yeah. Relax. Because <laughs> that's that's like that was disco clubs and leather clubs, like yeah, very much of very much um like a gay anthem that I think became like a huge radio song and also a song. It's a dark song. A song that almost got the prime minister of Malaysia killed in uh, Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> I only say it because we just watched Zoolander the other night, and I'm just like, this movie's so fucking bonkers. <laughs> Relax. <sighs> is that what it, uh, just, Hansel? He's so hot right now. <laughs> Sidebar: Is that one of Will Ferrell's best characters? Oh, uh, Mugatu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably one of the best. Probably one of the best. It's he's, so good. He's really hot. That oh, that Hansel. He's so hot right now. <laughs> I love all the models cameos in that movie as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane, man. School guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, th- th- there's a whole world of songs. Yeah, and I like think relax, we'll... like I'm coming out, like believe that are all those disco, electro, dance music that are all 
you know, there's not, it's all positivity. Oh. They're all anthems. I want to shout out one song that yeah, yeah. probably nobody's really heard. Um, uh, this is called, uh, check out the song Sex Freak by RuPaul. It's <laughs> okay. super old school RuPaul, like first some of the first music yeah. she made in the 80s. Um, and she used to host this public access TV show in uh, the D.C. area, and she would, like, perform her music on it. And uh, there's a great YouTube video of her performing the song Sex Freak at her desk. Mm. Uh, it's my favorite. Sex, 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 <laughs> sex freak. Please, everybody. You're I, missing Luke's dance moves. I employ <laughs> so only. <laughs> only. Uh, it, I, my moves were pale in comparison <laughs> to what goes on in that video. I, it's some of my favorite uh, TV I've ever seen. Mm. So check that out. Yeah, I, I just like, as someone who loves um, gay clubs, it's just like, all that music that gets played there is like they're all anthems they're all just like the it's the best music man yeah it's such a it's, vibe. it's maybe not like study and for a test or like background music but if you want to just like put all your inhibitions to the side and just feel yeah free and feel like yourself just look up especially on spotify or other streaming services just look up pride playlists or you know things like that you'll find a whole world of music that's just like it's gonna make you feel good we also didn't mention It's Raining Men. I mean. Another one. Real quick, just as a sidebar, because I'm like looking at <laughs> lists now of like gay Amen. anthems. We couldn't close today without mentioning the Weather can I, Girls. Can I, can, I just, can I just say that this is the, the, like the, the, the Rolling Stone review. Two amazing facts about this wet, frothy, muscle-bound oh, dream of a dance yes. jam. <laughs> That's the yes. opening line. Yes. But come to find out, Donna Summer mm. passed on recording of it. Oh, she hated it because she had just become a born again Christian, Christian and she yeah. thought it was blasphemous. Yeah. Interesting. Donna Summer. There's many Donna Summer songs that would be on the list of uh, great LGBTQ plus anthems. And I don't know if she still accepts that world because of her religious views. I'm hoping that she does. But I don't know. Donna, come on home. I, yeah, I don't know. Come on home, Donna. Also, Melissa Etheridge. Oh, yeah. Lesbian. Come icon. to my window. Oh, we're What's the other one? What's the other one? Well, the other Melissa Etheridge song? Am I the only one? Oh, yeah, who yeah. Walk beside the fire for you. Yeah. It, that is a great tune. I like both yeah. those tunes. Yeah. Anyway. So, right on. Well, there you have it. Our, our Pride Month special. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed it. Yeah, just like do your own research, find people that you like. Yeah. And if you, you know, I don't know. Just remember, too, love is love, man. Love is love. We're all human beings, you know? Yeah. Feel comfortable with yourself. Know that people yeah. are, people are, there's always, you could be living in a tiny town and you could feel alone. And my best advice is to get the fuck out of there because there's so many pe- places in the world that are accepting of you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like Jesus said, if you are not accepted, walk away yeah. and find someone who loves you. Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing. I thought that was Donna Summer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Jesus, Donna Summer. I mean, I they get they get mixed up easily. Just saying. Yeah, no, for sure. So don't forget again to like, share, and subscribe our podcast. We hope you had fun. You can find us on Instagram, find us on YouTube, Facebook, and all that good stuff. Also, shout out to Wasted Robot Productions for being our podcast network. Check yeah. them out. Luke was recently, real quick, actually, before we end, Luke, you were recently on 
the I was on the Rank Bank. The podcast. Rank Bank podcast. Did talking ta- about I think we said this on the last podcast. Yeah, did we talk about it? it we did, but if not, check out the Rank Bank podcast. Are you guys, dis- you guys discuss what again? We discussed cover songs oh, and yeah. cover music. Yes, and we have an episode on that as well. So check out both of them, so you could hear my comprehensive picks on <laughs> tons of music. We'll talk about more Isaac Hayes. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. 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 Good shit, man. Nice. Well. Well. As always. Get in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. We're just we're, we're doing pauses at the end just to build tension. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.